Welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to discover how traditional business owners are leveraging the power of being a published author to grow their business. Get ready to discover practical and proven ways to enhance your reputation, build trust, and establish authority by authoring your own short, helpful book. On every episode, you'll hear from guest Main Street authors who have successfully authored, published, and leveraged their own book and want you to do the same. Now, here's your host of the Main Street Author Podcast, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome, everybody, to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to inspire business owners to author, publish, and leverage their own short, helpful books, or shooks as I call them. Today, I'm pleased to be able to have a conversation with speech language pathologist and author Brooke Lang. Now, after working for a private practice for over 10 years, providing speech and language telepractice services to individuals with aphasia and apraxia, Brooke recently started her own practice, including writing her first book, After Aphasia, A Guide to Rebuilding Your Communication Skills After a Stroke. I met Brooke through Bill Glazer, who credits Brooke for helping him after his stroke. Brooke, welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Well, congratulations, by the way, because I know your book is fairly new. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on venturing out on your own too, right? Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's exciting for sure. I'm sure. Lots lots of change, lots of new things going on. So, Brooke, just so everyone has a better understanding of what you do, how you serve clients, et cetera, talk a bit about your practice and, and how you serve your clients. Sure. Um, so, as you mentioned, I'm a speech-language pathologist. Um, my business is called Integrative Reconnective Aphasia Therapy. Uh, so, basically, I provide online speech and language services to individuals who have aphasia or apraxia as a result of usually a stroke or brain injury. Um, we also provide education and counseling to family members and caregivers and offer a variety of, of free resources to help just support the aphasia community in general. Very good. And just because I'm interested in knowing personally, you worked for a practice what was the uh, motivation to finally go out on your own? Besides probably Bill Glazer chirping in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he actually had nothing to do with it um, necessarily in, in terms of pushing me in that direction. But, um, you know, he was such a great, great client of mine and he did wonderfully. So, um, but no, I just feel like uh, the aphasia population. So I should probably mention aphasia is a language disorder. Uh, that happens usually after a stroke or brain injury. And it's when people have trouble not only expressing themselves verbally, but they have trouble processing language. They can have trouble with reading, trouble writing. Um, so it can be quite debilitating. Um, and it just seems like it's a population that's very, very underserved. A lot of people don't know about it. Um, the healthcare system doesn't always do the best job in supporting them after they're discharged from the hospital. So, I mean, my main motivation for starting my own practice is to just have a place for these people to go to get services and to really try and improve on our treatment approaches. And again, to be there as a resource for not only the person with aphasia, but the people who surround them because they go through it right with them. And just for my own understanding, what is apraxia? 
So apraxia is more of a speech disorder. Um, so you think of language and speech as sort of two separate things when you're a speech pathologist, but apraxia can often happen with aphasia and it's more having trouble with the, the motor planning and executing um, the, the motor program for speech. So, you know, your brain telling your mouth how to make a certain sound is there's a disconnect there, sort of in the simplest terms. Um, so again, they have a lot of trouble just expressing themselves verbally when, when somebody has apraxia. So again, before we jump in and talk about your book and that whole journey, I'm interested in knowing about the practice. Is Does your services, do your services lend itself well to this virtual, which, which so many people now are, you know, doing virtual stuff, you know, right, online. Yeah. Is it, can you really help someone virtual? It's a loaded question, but can you really uh, help somebody with this in a virtual context? Um, you know, that's, that's a great question. Um, and yeah, I am thankful that I started this sort of even before COVID um, hit, it sort of worked out for me. Um, but there's actually been a lot of research uh, that's been done that shows that services, you know, speech language pathology services and even aphasia treatment that's done via telepractice is just as effective as face-to-face -face treatment. Um, you know, it's besides having a, a technical glitch or, you know, a, sort of an audio issue here and there. I mean, there's really not much that limits you. I don't think personally um, getting services online. And I think there's a lot of pluses. Um, a lot of times my patients have physical impairments. Um, it's tough for their loved ones to get them to and from a hospital or a rehab facility. So, you know, they can uh, see me in their pajamas in the morning at their own house. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of nice in that sense. Well, and obviously, in, in the context of how you serve clients and patients, I mean, you now have, if you want, an international practice or, at minimum, a national practice. So it's, yeah, I mean, that's congratulations. And, you know, congratulations on having that foresight um, and, and really being able to kind of leverage the technology. So very nice. So let's let's talk about um, the fact that, you know, you went off on your own fairly recently, and yet you decided to invest the time and energy to author and publish a short book. Um, and I'm interested in knowing kind of, you know, Brooke, what was the thought process behind that? Why did you decide to write that first book so soon in the, uh, the you know, the, the startup phase, if you will? Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I never really planned to become a book author. Um, but as I sort of started to develop my business uh, and I was receiving feedback from my patients and their loved ones, I started to really feel like I had, you know, something unique and valuable to offer. Um, and, and like I said, aphasia can be such a, a devastating disorder. It really can rob somebody of their ability to express themselves and, um, you know, being able to work again or go back to school. It happens to people of all ages. Um, I was just really motivated to provide some sort of resource um, and I wanted it to be different unlike those that are already out there uh, that can really help these families navigate through these challenging times, especially you know early on, but again, it can be for people who, who have been going through this process for, for years. Very good. And, and talk a bit more specifically about your book. Um, you know, 
who who should think about getting it uh you know what just a, a quick overview of the book itself brooke yeah sure so my book provides an overview of some of the aphasia basics um but it also offers unique perspectives on the role of motivation in recovery um how neuroplasticity which is basically just a fancy word for your brain being able to adapt um but how neuroplasticity plays a valuable role in recovery uh, it gives some examples of exercises that people can do to help recover their language abilities um i also use some real life patient scenarios in the book to help readers make a connection with those who've actually gone through the challenges of aphasia. Uh, so my book primarily targets individuals with aphasia and their caregivers or, or their loved ones. Um, but it can also be a great resource for speech pathologists, um, students, other medical professionals who may end up working with somebody who has aphasia. Um, and there's also an audio version so that I, I primarily did that again to support um, my patients with aphasia who have trouble maybe reading, um, but are able to listen and, and process what they're listening to. Very smart, very smart. And so anyone who's listening who either, uh, you know, obviously has had their own personal issues or has a family member, which is probably a bit more likely, this would be a good book for them to buy and you know learn more about your your you know your the way you teach and the way you do things so uh if anyone's listening we'll make sure we share all that information at the end and, and brooke what i also found very interesting because i didn't know this until i learned more about your book was that it's a short book you know that's the kind of books that i like uh business owners to publish and author and you know leverage um I'm interested in knowing why a short book? Uh, why not a textbook? <clears throat> yeah. I say that jokingly, yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> you know, what, just what was the thought process there? Well, again, it's, it's meant to be a resource. And when I think of myself um, grabbing you know, a resource off, off my bookshelf, I want something that's kind of easy to find what I want you know, or a quick read um and that i can apply right away so i just i didn't want to get overly technical i mean i wanted to keep it simple i wanted to kind of state sort of my main philosophies and beliefs in aphasia recovery and provide those to people and again just have it be sort of a little guide um because again a lot of times people feel very lost uh, once they're discharged from the hospital and are left with limited assistance. And so I wanted it to kind of be that that book for them that they can go to and at least get a, a feel for what their journey might might look like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's the feedback been since you've published it, uh, you know, relative to the fact that it's, you know, this shorter guide versus what a lot of people might think would be a t more traditional length book? Has the feedback feedback been positive? It has. It has. Um, and again, I think people do appreciate that it's short. Um, and, you know, again, it it's offers something. I mean, there's a lot of aphasia resources out there. I think it can be overwhelming, too, to, um, you know, figure out which one is best. And, and I think it's just sort of a different resource. It doesn't just, you know, list the types of aphasias and, you know, how what kind of communication troubles you might be having. It sort of gives you a guide on how to to proceed. 
Um, so, I, I mean, I think people like that as well. Um, and just, again, giving those patient examples uh, throughout the book, I think sort of hit home with a lot of people and, and made them feel like, you know, I there is hope um, and I can recover. It's a long journey, but um, it's possible. Absolutely. And, and I know the book is fairly, you know, fairly still new and fresh, but can you share, Brooke, any sort of immediate stories from either folks who read it uh, or just anything that kind of happened soon thereafter publishing it that maybe you didn't expect or you just appreciated hearing about? Um, yeah, you know, a lot of my, um, I ended up giving it as, as a gift to a couple of my, you know, current patients and they were really excited to read it. And I got a lot of nice feedback from them. Um, and even though they, you know, I mentioned a lot of this stuff to them in, in our sessions and they're well aware of what my philosophies are and, and how I, um, you know, teach and provide therapy. Uh, they were sometimes excited to, to hear their loved one's story um, because they were, you know, de-identified in the book, but um, the example and, and other people's examples, it kind of made them feel, you know, special that it was mentioned in the book. Um, but again, and people are just mentioning that they really like that there's a quick read and that it's, they felt like it's been a, a valuable resource. And um, my book also sends them to a link that allows them to access a free resource packet, which some people have mentioned that they've really liked as well. Good for you. Good for you. That's uh, that's an important part of these types of books. I mean, obviously, readers <clears throat> who are interested in the topic that you share, you know, you want to put a, provide a pathway for them so that they can get more information from you. So, again, congratulations on you know being smart Thank about you. that. I mean, a lot of a lot of authors and a lot of marketing authors, you know, mar folks that should know better forget to do that. So, nice job, all of your. You know, all your future books should have the same thing, just ways to connect with Brooke um, uh, for those who are interested. Well, so, I have to say I, I owe uh, Bill Glazer a, a shout out for that one. He has helped <laughs> to guide me <laughs> in the right directions for that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's been a help, helpful resource. Yeah, he's he's a very smart man. And he, he's, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit. I've been a part of his mastermind groups for years, years ago, and uh, yeah. just transformed a lot of things I did. So you, you're absolutely right. He's a, he's a good man uh, and a great, a, great, a great family. So how are you using your book these days? Like, what are you, and again, I know it's fairly new. I know it's up on Amazon and we'll share all those links. Um, any, any strategies you're doing right now, Brooke? Uh, are you doing, are you using podcasts or, you know, what, just tell me a little bit more about what you're doing with the book. Yeah. Um, so as I, I mentioned, I, I started by just giving it away. Um, you know, I, I gave it away to my, all my current patients. Um, and I gave them an extra copy to share with somebody who they felt would um, value, for, you know, find it valuable and be able to benefit from having it. Um, I am also, I haven't done it yet, but there's many aphasia centers around the U.S. Um, that, again, uh, sometimes are less about treatment and more meant to sort of be a, a hub for people to, to meet and to socialize and to have resources and and that sort of thing. So I'm planning on sending it as a gift to a lot of the aphasia centers that are um, available across the US. Um, 
there's a couple universities that I've had students, um, they've worked with me in during their clinical placements um, that I've mentored. And I feel that um, providing them with this book also as a resource is something that I'm, I'm planning on doing. Um, you know, so, I mean, of course, I'm hoping to get more referrals um, and more patients from writing it, but, you know, most importantly, I really just want this to be something that people, you know, find valuable and especially for those who've had to endure such, such a challenging, life-changing situation. You know, I don't know much about that space, but I would advise you, I would definitely be checking out to see, and I'm, I'm sure they're out there, any podcasts that are focused on, you know, either the very specific topic of aphasia or maybe a little broader where you can be a guest. And now you're a guest as an author. Uh, I think yeah. it's a very smart strategy these days to get the word out about, you know, your book and the resource that it is. So that would be a, a first strategy. I love the idea of sending your book to the, the various, you know, clinics and, you know, organizations. I think that could be very smart. And by the way, on that, I can't help myself, so forgive me. But if, if, if any of those really you, you thought would be a good partner for you, Brooke, you could easily tweak your book and edit it in such a way that it was a, a version that was almost customized for that organization so that they would be more likely more likely to uh, give it out or buy copies, you know, buy copies and give out and stuff like that. So uh, you have an asset there and now it's just a matter of figuring out all the different smart ways uh, to leverage it. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So any thoughts, Brooke, I'm interested in knowing, you know, again, becoming an author, like you said, wasn't really something that was really on your radar, but I think going forward, I think you have you know, a lot of opportunity to have very specific short books, but any advice to someone who's listening, who might have a, a background similar to you, you know, maybe writing a book is not really something they, they see themselves doing, but now you've intrigued them. Any advice on getting started or, you know, first steps? I mean, I would say that, you know, even if you think you're not an author, you know, I, everybody has something unique to share. And to me, there's no better way to do that than to put it in writing, you know, and have something tangible to show for it. Um, and I think once you share that unique concept or, or idea, you've created a value for yourself and people will believe in, in you as a business owner, they'll believe in you as an author and, and, you know, ultimately believe in you as a person, um, which I think is really crucial. I mean, the, the credibility and authority enhancing power of being a published author, whether it's a short book or whatever, uh, is very real and undeniable. So without a doubt, right. what about any mistakes or speed bumps that you encountered uh, that you just would like to warn others about that you, you know, you, they, they might find helpful? Yeah. I mean, so I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily a mistake or, or more of like a, a small regret, but <laughs> the, the process of actually publishing the book took a, a chunk of time. Um, and I was feeling throughout that process that I was wishing I could add you know, more content, you know, new things came to my mind, or I wanted to kind of change things, or there were either things that I was discovering or, or things that I felt like really supplemented the information that was already presented in the book nicely. Um, but, you know, that was no longer an option. So 
I, I don't know if there's a solution to that, um, but you know, I guess that's what book number two is for, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and there may be. I'll have to talk to you offline about that. But uh, yeah, you know, depending on what ha you know how you did it, there, there should be no reason why you couldn't you know, enhance that or create a second yeah. version, second edition, etc. So, Brooke, as we uh, you know start wrapping up here, is there anything, whether it's regarding your book or that whole journey or even the services you provide, that you'd like to leave listeners with? Well, given that one of the biggest reasons I started my business was not only to help people living with aphasia, but to promote awareness of the disorder, um, I just like to make sure that everybody understands that aphasia is a language disorder, um, again, which usually occurs after stroke or brain injury and affects somebody's ability to talk and understand language and read and write. Um, and, and most importantly, that somebody with aphasia has had no change in their intellect. Uh, they just have trouble accessing their language to truly demonstrate their intelligence. So, you know, be patient when you come across somebody experiencing communication difficulties out in the community. Give them time to process, time to respond, and, and understand that they're, they're working very hard every day to become a better communicator. Excellent advice. And, uh, you know, just as someone who's dealt with folks that have suffered strokes, I can com completely understand. And, and you're right. Wow. It, there's a patience and there's a, an empathy that uh, you need to understand. So thank you for that. And, and Brooke, how can folks uh, learn more about you, your practice? Where can they grab your book? Sure. So they can visit my, my website. Um, it's www.iraphasiatherapy.com. Uh, and that has my email and phone number, and uh, they can, of course, purchase my my ebook or paperback on Amazon uh, to learn a little bit more about aphasia and how I take a, a unique approach to to recovery. Excellent, and we will provide those links so people can get right to them. So, hey, Brooke, this has been great. Congratulations on the new practice. Congratulations on the new book, and. Uh, I just hope that, you know, maybe, maybe our little conversation today can help a few folks. So thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me. You've just listened to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast. If you've been on the fence about writing your own book, there's no better time than now to become a Main Street Author. To learn more, visit MainStreetAuthor.com. That's MainStreetAuthor.com. And while you're there, schedule a complimentary strategy session with Mike to discuss your book ideas. See you next time. And remember, you can do this.